Today's show features some really profitable sales, some really interesting sales, some reselling news, a listener question, and a big announcement. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another edition of the Galaxy CDs, Rocks, and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. We have got what initially looked like it might be a fairly brief show that actually might turn out to be not too bad. Not too bad at all. <laughs> uh, if this is your first time here, my name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, a part-time YouTuber and podcaster working out of my home here in the Cincinnati area, and this channel is all about the flip life. We're going to go over uh, kind of all the things I talked about in that intro, but we're going to do them in reverse order. The first thing is a, uh, a big programming announcement. I am going to go back to actually doing some reseller interviews. So if you are available to join us on Wednesday, August 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern United States time, uh, I will be having the pleasure of interviewing someone who actually had me on his show, uh, gosh, several months ago. Um, please stop by and join me while I talk to Jeff Doris, otherwise known as eBay Addicts. Uh, looking forward to spending 45 minutes or an hour maybe of Jeff's time and uh, just talking about reselling and YouTube and all that good stuff. So if you're available to catch that live on YouTube, you can, though I will leave a link in the show notes and the video description below, but please stop out and join us for that. Of course, the replay will be available forever, <laughs> uh, in theory over on YouTube. And I will of course post the audio of that session to the podcast once we're finished there. So, um, looking forward to doing that. I've reached out to several other people and I'm waiting for some confirmation, but ideally, uh, Maybe not every week, but a couple of times a month at the minimum. Uh, you won't just have to listen to my voice all the time. So with all that being said, let's jump into... This is a listener question. They reached out to me on Instagram. Thank you so much. Uh, I've talked about that before. If you do have a question or a comment and you don't want to leave it, on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast and you just want to reach out, you can, of course, email me at galaxycds at gmail.com or you can reach out to me by DM over on Instagram where you should be following my uh, exploits with Josie the Cat and my walks I posted today. Uh, it's the end of July. I went for my 22nd five-mile walk this month, so I walked just a little over 110 miles this month on purpose. <laughs> Uh, but this person actually commented on that before they asked the question. So I talked about, I've talked about on this show previously, the need for some like work life balance. And I find that time where I can go out and just get some exercise and clear my head and kind of refresh in the middle of the afternoon to be so valuable for me. So let me know in the comments down below, uh, what you do to get that work-life balance, what you do to kind of refresh yourself during the week. But uh, this person, uh, Robertson's Flip, Robertson Flip Sales, reached out on Instagram. Uh, hey, Ryan, I recently started listening to your podcast from the beginning, and I absolutely love your content. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. 
Uh, I have a book-related question I'm wondering if you may be able to help with. I may have the chance to buy several hundred sci-fi books for 25 cents each tomorrow. I'm very new to sci-fi, and I won't be able to spend hours scanning or looking up each book. Most of the books are in very good condition, and there's probably about a 50-50 mix of paperbacks and hardcovers. I'm just curious if you think it may be a good... And, of course, it cut off because you can only have so many characters, I guess, in a message on Instagram. Sorry, it's sent before I finished or proofread. I know I'm not giving you a lot of information to go off, but I'm really not sure what authors or years the books cover. I'm assuming most of the books are from the 70s to the 2000s. If you have a minute to share your thoughts, I would love to hear them. Thanks again and have a great day. Thank you, Robertson Flip Sales, for the question. Uh, I did message them directly and answer that question, but I thought it might be of value to some of the rest of you. Obviously, you know I'm all about the big bulk buys on books. And I've talked about previously that I bought a massive lot of just this type of thing, science fiction books. These, the ones that I bought were more from the 50s to the 70s rather than from the 70s to now. And they were all paperbacks, but there was close to 700 of them. And I actually paid way more than a quarter a piece for those. I think I paid about 75 cents each for those, but that lot was fantastic. Uh, there were two copies of the first paperback printing of Philip K. Dick's uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep in that that sold, both of those sold for well north of $80 each. So that, just those two books essentially paid for, man, close to half the total lot. So it was absolutely terrific. So I, I would be all in on this, sight unseen. I did give a couple of names, um, obviously Philip K. Dick being one of them, Frank Herbert, the guy who wrote Dune, anything Harlan Ellison. If you see those authors, uh, obviously everybody knows like Isaac Asimov and some of the big ones that you would kind of expect to see in that lot, but those may be some more kind of specialty authors. But if you see any of those in that lot, I would absolutely buy it. As with most of these bulk purchases and what I did with mine, I had several that I was able to sell individually, and then there were some others that essentially were lotted by authors in groups of two or three and sold for 10 bucks plus shipping or whatever. So I, I for my part, would be all over this purchase, But uh, and that was my recommendation. As long as you don't mind the work, going through, obviously, a big lot of hundreds of books is, for some people, that's a overwhelming, let alone a storage unit full of thousands of books. <laughs> uh, but if that's something that you would be able to do, I I would totally recommend it. I would be all over that. Um, and I would imagine that you'll probably find more than enough winners to counteract whatever duds happen to be in that lot. So uh, thank you again, Robertson Flip Sales, for the question. And now let's do... News Updates. Some quick reselling news. Last week, we talked about Etsy announcing their quarterly results. It's that time of year. Amazon announced their quarterly results. Last week, they grew their sales in North America by 10% for the second quarter year over year. But they did note that their international sales fell 12%, not adjusting for unfavorable impact from year over year changes in foreign exchange rates, converting all of the foreign currency into U.S. dollars obviously can have a significant impact on how much actual money is being earned, and that was a factor in Amazon's totals. 
Overall, uh, the Amazon web service business, which is a big, big chunk of Amazon's total business, grew 33%, which is pretty enormous. Marketplace sales, North America and International together, grew by 3.3%. Marketplace is where most of us would be selling if you're selling on Amazon. They note that third-party sellers accounted for 57% of worldwide paid units in the second quarter, excluding Whole Foods. So Amazon, you think of Amazon and you think of this massive company that's selling stuff, but at the end of the day, they're making their money predominantly from Amazon Web Services, where they host websites and so on for others, and on the backs of people like you and I, 57% of their worldwide units were from people like us, third-party sellers that were selling on the Amazon marketplace. So it's capitalism at its finest. They came up with a good model to exploit might be uh, an unkind word, but they're certainly making their money a lion's share of it on the backs of the efforts of individual small sellers that are selling on that third party platform. So, but good on them. I wish I had thought of it and had the uh, wherewithal and the ability to create a site like that, but uh, that's what's going on at Amazon. They also noted in this article that they had a, a sharp drop off in their headcount growth. So they're they have not laid off anyone, but they are not hiring people at anywhere like the rate they had been doing previously. Going back to 2021 in the first quarter, their growth was 51%. Last quarter, it was down to 14 So the economic headwinds, as they say, have certainly impacted Amazon's desire to hire new people. But they, unlike others that we talked about last week, like Shopify, have not taken yet to laying anyone off. Moving over to Etsy, uh, there's an article on e-commerce bites, and as always, I will link to all of these articles in the show notes and the video description below. Will Etsy embolden bad buyers as it promotes its new policy? So we talked about this a few weeks ago. Etsy is coming out with a buyer protection program that they claim they will be funding solely with the money that they're generating from their increased fees. If you remember from last week's episode, which if you didn't watch or listen, you can go back and check that out. We talked about how Etsy last quarter did less sales, but made more money because of their increase in rate fees, which took place at the start of the quarter. So they claim that they're going to use this money primarily to protect sellers and to enhance the seller experience by offering things like this protection program. Their CEO, Josh Silverman, said in their presentation for the second company's uh, quarterly earnings, you'll see us get louder on these policies as we go through the rest of the year, building up to the all-important holiday season. The June 6th press release that announced this new policy explained that starting August 1st, which is tomorrow when I record this, probably today or a few days ago when you (laughs) actually get around to listening to this, Buyers will receive a full refund for purchases on Etsy.com in the rare cases that they don't match the item description, arrive damage, or never arrive. Etsy told sellers it would not hold them responsible for refunds or for orders that meet its requirements and earmarked $25 million a year toward covering the costs of those refunds. We talked about this several episodes ago. One of the criteria for this program is that you ship the items using 
Etsy's shipping labels. So if you're using Pirate Ship or any of the other third-party shipping services, this program does not work for you. So bear that in mind if you are selling over on Etsy. They did acknowledge during a question and answer session that they will be trying to monitor buyer fraud. They say, yes, we'll monitor for buyer abuse of Etsy's purchase protection program to protect the seller community. Buyers who abuse the program could lose access to Etsy purchase protection. The question in this article is, of course, how are they going to do that? How will they know whether to believe the buyer or the seller? As an example, with the new policy, Etsy tells buyers it will provide a full refund when an item doesn't match the description, but it tells sellers it will protect them for orders that match the listing description and the photos where a buyer claims it does not. How does Etsy know if the seller actually sent an item that matches the description and if the buyer didn't receive an item that matches the description? If it can't make that determination, they note, it may need more than the $25 million a year they've set aside for this. So... Obviously, you could have fraud on both sides of this. You could have a seller that takes a picture of a pristine Galaxy CDs coffee mug and then sends one that out that's damaged or disfigured in some way. And the buyer makes a claim and the seller says, no, I, I sent exactly what was pictured and Etsy is going to be on the hook for that bill. So I don't. We'll see how this thing works out. Uh, it, it sounds like a good program, potentially for both buyers and sellers, but there is a lot of opportunity on both sides for some fraud. Uh, they said they will have a support process for claims, but for the most part, we send buyers back to the seller to figure out where their item went, and most sellers will work with the buyer to make it right, but not always. And so now we're investing in what we think is necessary to really enforce our trusted brand concept that we have the buyer's back. So good on Etsy for trying to do something and kudos to them for at least making the effort to spend the additional fee money that they're acquiring through all of our hard work to make a program like this work. Uh, the last bit of news here is an interesting, all oh, these pop-ups. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw like ad, ad, ad. So you may have seen earlier in the week, uh, that, uh, Choco Tacos had been discontinued. Um, Klondike was a company that made these chocolate taco waffle. I've never actually seen one. They actually look delicious. <laughs> uh, I wish I had seen one, but they announced that they're going to discontinue this item. And of course, uh, everybody started selling them on eBay. People wasted no time, according to this article, listing the Choco Tacos they had stored away in their freezers on eBay for big markups. Listings currently range from $10 to $900 for just a single individually wrapped Choco Taco. Now, of course, people can list anything for any amount that they want. That does not mean that it's going to sell for that. I, every day, will look up a book that one person is selling for $4 free shipping and someone else has for $149. And it is literally the exact same book. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why people do that, but there you go. You can list these things for anything you want. And that's what's happening with these Choco Tacos. Let me know if you've had one. Are, are they as good as they look? Uh, and will you be trying to find some of these on eBay or otherwise? 
Uh, some other folks, a little more entrepreneurial, started designing some T-shirts. Goodbye Choco Taco T-shirt for $7.99 plus $5.99 shipping. Unfortunately, I guess they do have a link actually to that listing. So again, it'll be in the show notes and the description below if you want to go order one of these shirts. It's evident some of these fans are trying to stock up on the frozen treats while they still can. One listing on eBay has a box of 24 priced at $140.50 plus customer paid shipping, my favorite words, with six bids already in place. There's another listing for 25 Choco Tacos listed at $152.50 and one bidder is already willing to pay that exact price. These things sell individually at according to this, this article's writer on Instacart, for $2.59 a piece. <laughs> uh, while supplies last, they say. So that's a big jump, but uh, I, just, I found that really amusing. So let me know what you think of, of these. If you've had one, if you liked it, if you have some, are you going to try to sell them on eBay or what's going on with that? With all that having been said, let's do a little what sold. So this week I've got, I don't know, there's like maybe six or seven. There's not a ton of stuff here because I just did a show a couple days ago. You're probably thinking, gosh, Ryan, you were, three months ago you were going to quit and now you've done two shows in four days <laughs> and another one coming up on Wednesday. So yes, I've, I found my mojo. So I'm back, but I've only got a handful of things here to share with you today. Some of them are not real big money, but they're just really interesting either because of what they are or where they were going. This first item is a Sure Microphone and Circuitry Products Catalog and a Net Dealer Price List from 1994. This was in a big lot of magazines that I bought at an estate sale. I'm into this thing for about 10 cents. It sold for $14.99 plus media mail shipping. The reason this was interesting is that this was going to a props department in Hollywood. So I... Normally, I really don't pay that much attention to addresses and names and unless I see one that I think I've seen before or whatever. But this one said specifically props department on it, and that really caught my eye. So Lord only knows what TV show or movie or commercial this thing might be in at some point. But a 1994 Sure Microphone and Circuitry Products Catalog is going to be in the movies. Here's another interesting item, not necessarily big money. Uh, it was actually from that same lot. So it's another item that I own for about 10 cents. A Regano restaurant and seafood bar menu from Glasgow, Scotland from May of 1954. So this was a kind of 8.5 by 11, but would fold out to double that size table menu from this restaurant from the month of May in 1954. It was just stuck in with a bunch of magazines. I looked it up. Of course, there was nothing like this anywhere. It turned out that this was a reasonably, I guess, famous restaurant at some point. I don't know if it's still around. I didn't do quite that much research on it. But I listed this thing on eBay for $17.99 plus first class shipping because this is not something that should ship by media mail. And it actually sold through the global shipping program to someone in England. So um, I think a lot of times people kind of see this stuff and a lot of, uh, some people really love paper ephemera. My friend Lisa is a big fan of paper ephemera. Other people would look at something like this, which had some staining on it and just wasn't in that good of shape and just discard it and move on to the next thing. I took a little time, did a little research and 
turn 10 cents into $18. So uh, to each their own, but I think there's opportunity and stuff like that. First sale of the week over on Etsy, I had someone that messaged me and asked if they I would accept a slightly lower price on this item. I had it listed for $24.99. They offered me 20 bucks. I own it for four and a half cents. So I went ahead and took it. The White Ace Educator Stamp Album of the World. This was from Washington Press. Uh, Etsy, again, cuts off the dates on their listing titles. I think this was from the 1940s. So it had just a handful of stamps in it, but otherwise was in pristine, unused condition. This was from the big... 11 odd thousand and counting book lot. So really cheap item that went for $20 plus shipping over on Etsy. Another sale on Etsy and another sale from that same big lot of books. Night of the Grizzlies by Jack Olson. This was a first edition, first printing illustrated hardcover with its dust jacket. It was an ex library version. Not very many of these out there of the first print, first editions. This thing went for $39.99 plus $21 in shipping. This was going to Canada. So this went out standard international. Very nice sale from, again, four and a half cents to essentially $40 over on Etsy. Another eBay sale and another instance where they continue to not show the actual sold price. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that this one, the listing price was had the strike through on it, indicating that it did not sell for that price, but it did not have the actual sold price. This was a, a, a math book from the 1960s, The Four Color Problem by Oystein Orr, a hardcover dust jacket with from the uh, Pure and Applied Mathematics Series, volume number 27. Mathematics books, man, I I do really, really well with. You're going to see another one here in a couple of minutes that was another strong one. I had this listed for $49.99. I got a whole dollar in it. I received an offer for $40 plus shipping, and I went ahead and took that. Speaking of math books, <laughs> here we go. Uh, this one sold on Etsy. This was a case where, uh, and I you can let me know in the comments, or again, message me at galaxycds at gmail.com and let me know if this is something that you would do. So this customer reached out to me on Monday and said, hey, I saw you have this book. I'd really like to buy it. I have a friend of mine who is really into this particular author and mathematician, but I'm in the process of closing on a new home and I would like to wait until Friday to purchase this book so I could have it shipped to my new address. Would you do that? or not, on an item that you had listed for $110. I did. I said, you know what? I'll go ahead and do that. It's a $110 book that has not had a lot of activity on it. I assume this guy's not going to then try to make me an offer on it. He's just going to buy it. So I delisted it from all of my sites. Again, Bonanza, eBay, Mercari, and I deactivated the listing on Etsy and told the guy, reach out to me on Friday when you're ready and I will reactivate the listing and you can buy it. And guess what I got on Friday? Nothing. <laughs> uh, so I, I had messaged the guy back and I said, you know, I'll hold it until either I hear from you or until Saturday morning. So being that he did not get in touch with me, Saturday morning, I sent him a quick message and I said, hey, I hope everything went all right with your closing. As we discussed in our email exchange, I'm going to go ahead and reactivate this listing if you're still interested. It will be available unless somebody else purchases it. And within 30 seconds of hitting send, I got a reply saying, oh my gosh, we were moving until three o'clock in the morning and I completely forgot 
to reach out to you. Yes, I still want it. I will go buy it right now. And within moments, the purchase had come through. This is the elements. That's a really long story. <laughs> uh, elements of mathematics theory of sets was written by a guy named Nicholas Burbaki. was in the Addison Wesley mathematics series from 1968. Apparently, this Burbaki guy has a whole kind of theory of mathematics that he founded. The, the person who bought it said that the, the person he was going to gift it to was a big fan of his particular theories of math. It's all way over my head. But nonetheless, this was a book that I picked up in an estate sale lot for a dollar that went for $109.99 plus customer paid media mail shipping. And now your flip of the week. This is was really surprising to me when I looked this thing up. So one of the boxes in this big 11,000 plus lot that I'm working on had a bunch of old life magazines. And most of them are worth $3.99, $4.99, whatever. Not, I will probably eventually list them, but I've not made them a priority. I was just kind of flipping through and looking at some of them. And I came across this particular one from September 1st, 1952, with Ernest Hemingway on the cover. And as it turns out, this particular issue had the full first release of his book, The Old Man and the Sea. So this was the first place that that was published, is in this Life magazine. There were sold comps, upwards of $100, a lot of which had gone on auction. So I decided I would try this thing at an auction, I started my auction at $49.99, which was the lowest price I had seen one sell for in the last year on Terapeak. And I got bid after bid after bid after bid. And then it went quiet, of course, right up until the end. The last day, the bids were hot and heavy. Ultimately, there were 22 bids total in this magazine, which I own for about a nickel, sold for $110.27. So uh, huge, again, not thousands, but for a cost of goods sold of $0.08 to turn around and sell something. In this case, my top two sales for the week totaled $220-odd and some change, and I've got $1.05 in them. That is a huge return on investment. I think you would agree with that statement and is one of the reasons that I, to go back to the listener question earlier, why I like big lots so much. Yes, there is some, you're always going to have some wheat with the chaff, but in this particular case, you know, this, these, this one magazine almost paid for 140 boxes of books, <laughs> uh, which is just remarkable to me. So that is what we're going to close on. Uh, let me know in the comments what you think of any of that. Uh, if this is, I, I always mean to do this earlier in the thing, because that's what they say. The YouTube gurus say you should always tell people to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe early in the video. And I never remember to do it until at the end. But anyway, if you liked this show and you like this kind of content, please do me a favor and whack that thumbs up button you are not currently a subscriber, please consider doing that as well. If you're not a follower of the podcast, do that. And remember, Wednesday, August 3rd, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, I will be going live with Jeff Doris, a.k.a. eBay Addicts, for a 45-minute or an hour-long talk 
about reselling. I hope to see you all there. You can ask questions of either Jeff or myself while we're there. So uh, hopefully you had a great weekend. You have a great week. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.